You dirty rat. What up, man? And I kick it to all the people who can quest like a tribe does. Before this, did you really know what I was? Comprehend to the track force. Why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz. Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz. Welcome Why back really to the Relatively the Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning. It is April 10th. Passover starts tonight, Joe. I'm your co-host, Jared Mintz. And joining me today and every other day that we record this lovely podcast is the aforementioned Joe, Joseph Nardone. Joe. How was your weekend? Good. I have a crink, like a like a knot in the back of my neck where the shoulder blade meets the neck or area or something. It's really bothering me. And uh, I'm having a hard time lifting up my right arm over my head. What'd you do? How, how'd it happen? Uh, a combination of being old and sleeping the wrong way. That's the worst, man. I sleep the wrong way and my back is literally hurting for like a week. How... I'm not that old. We're not that old. Why is this happening? I don't know. And I, what bothers me is I started to work out again last week, starting on Monday, and... I know I'm not going to work out today because of this, and now I'm just going to go back to that funk of not working out and becoming a fat slob again. Walk me through a typical Joseph Nardone workout. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's actually it's multiple parts per day because I work from home, and a lot of stuff I have to do is time-sensitive. So after I get rid of the kids, I'll, I do this thing called 21-Day Fitness. It's a DVD. It's 30 minutes long. Um, you do a bunch of like cardio stuff and running around and jumping and stuff. And then... I will, that's the morning, then I will shower, then the rest of the day I will do these sets of um, curls, push-ups, these things were, I guess they're skull crushers slash, I don't know, like sit-ups at the same time type of deal, and I'll do three sets of those, uh, yeah, three times a day, so. What's the greatest workout video of all time, like instructional workout video? Well, this 21-Day Fitness is pretty nuts, because August or Autumn, I forgot her name. She, like, yells at me. Like, she knows exactly when to push my button. She'd be like, stop making excuses, you fat slob. And I'd be like, oh, okay. She didn't say that. But she'd always be like, are you sick of starting over? As soon as I'm like, I did enough for today. Is she ever like, you know, that Virginia column's not that important. You better get your ass back here and do more push-ups. Does she ever say anything that's, like, really, you know, hits you really at home? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like- sometimes she's like, Joe, look in my eyes, you, you Italian, Irish, pasty, hairy bastard. And I'm like, whoa, she hit me to the T. Wow, that's awesome, man. I guess I'm going to have to look into that. Did you ever do Tai Bo as a kid? Uh, I think, like, like for like like somebody had, like, the DVD and we did it for giggles, but not, like, actually did it. Fair enough. I, I did a little bit of Tai Bo. Good sweat, man. Billy Blanks, very motivational. Isn't he, like, in the Pokey now for, like, IRS invasion or something? Is he really? That would surprise me, man. But, uh, I mean, I guess it wouldn't. Or, no, or maybe he's a victim of a Ponzi scheme. I know something happened to him, like, relatively recently where... Things weren't going so great for him. Wow, I just uh, googled Billy Blank's prison. I'm not finding anything. Oh, scammers stole 1.1. Yeah, that's it. Wow, man, that's messed up. Yeah, that stinks for Billy. Billy. Billy Blank's. Billy Blank's man, very motivational, good guy. Yeah, good guy. friend of the friend of the podcast. Absolutely, we I just accused a- him of being in prison. Uh, for what it's worth, my aunt actually was very close with Billy Blanks, so uh, maybe I can make it happen. Whoa. What would we even talk to Billy Blanks about? And by the way, Not- we really do we really do age ourselves on every single podcast. You're right. Because I bet, like, the Alex Kolojes of the world don't know who Billy Blanks is. Well, the thing is, if we had Billy Blanks on, we would not talk about Tybo at all. We'd just talk about random stuff and just kind of hope it'd be fun. The goal would be to get him to react to us the way Diamond Dallas Page reacted to Levitard last week. No, that wouldn't be the goal. Like, I wouldn't purposely try to get him angry, but I wouldn't want to ask him, like, Tybo-related questions, like maybe two or three, but then the rest would just be 
like a series of absurd questions. Fair enough. The absurd questions edition with Billy Blanks. I like it. I'll see if I can make it happen. That, if you can make that happen, I'll go. Whatever I pay you, triple it. Oh, Joe pays me now. Awesome. Good things. We have a lot to get into today, so let's stop talking about Billy Blanks, Tybo, and workout DVDs. First, Joe, our first topic of conversation today. Big weekend for the NBA MVP race. James Harden went nuts yesterday, and Russell Westbrook breaks the all-time uh, triple-double record in a win over the Denver Nuggets. Big game for them, big game for Russ after Friday night. He was called out for chasing his triple-double by the Phoenix Suns, who are terrible and just destroyed the Thunder. But Russ gets his gets his uh, 42nd triple-double of the season, passes Wilt Chamberlain for, I think, fourth-most triple-doubles of all time. At the same time, James Harden comes out and defends his candidacy as MVP favorite and says wins are the most important thing in the MVP discussion. Joe, where do you stand right now on on everything that we found out this weekend? James Harden's comments. Where, where are you at with this whole MVP race? When did James Harden become my great grandfather? Earlier earlier in the year, he said playing in, in the most games possible is important. Now he's saying wins are the most important. He's just like old man, get off my lawn, dude, and I hate him for it. Wow. Um, like wins are not like yeah, obviously like you can't be on a super bad team and be in like in the race. Like you can't average. 25, 8, and 8 on a 7-win team and, like, be the MVP, but, man, when, like, everybody that's being acknowledged in the MVP race is on a team that wins. Do you know what I mean? And Russell Westbrook is winning on a team that's probably not great, although, like, you know, his surrounding players aren't nearly as bad as people pretend they are. So, yeah, right now, I'm, I'm actually, I think James Harden's the MVP. Um, I think Zach Lowe made a good point the other day. Like, don't vote just for Russell Westbrook, West, uh, Russell Westbrook just because he averages ten rebounds per game instead of eight point five. So, like, you you vote for him because you think like he's doing super great things to help elevate Oklahoma City. I just don't think like he's actually changed his game at all. He just doesn't have a guy to play off of, so he's just being more of himself. Where James Harden had to you know kind of change himself a little bit, and. uh yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm James Harden. I feel pretty confident about it that I think he's the uh, NBA MVP. But what about these comments about winning? I mean, this is kind of like historically proven. Granted, when Harden says it, knowing everything we know about this season, it's kind of like, well, you're just saying the things that work in your favor should make you win because this is, you know, significant to you and not Russell Westbrook. Even though, you know, I don't think Kawhi Leonard's necessarily dead in this conversation. LeBron might be still in the conversation, too. No, they're dead. Everybody's, it's Harden or Westbrook. Everybody's just focused on those guys. If you're, if anybody's mentioned those other guys are being creative. For the, for the most part, I, I agree with you. I, th- that's not where I'm going with this. I just, I don't know, you know, if what Harden's saying actually is valid because you look back at, at previous MVP winners, and I mean, Steph Curry won the last two, obviously played on the best team in the league. Kevin Durant, when he won for the Thunder, were, you know, a top three team. LeBron wins two in Miami. I mean, I don't want to go over all the MVP winners, but I don't know how far back you'd have to go to find a guy who wasn't on, you know, a, a top three or so team in the NBA. And now you look at Russell Westbrook, who most consider the favorite for this award, is playing for the sixth seed in the Western Conference. And, you know, granted, chalk that up to Oklahoma City not having more talent to be better. You know, your top five teams in the West are all very, very good teams. This isn't necessarily a slight on the Thunder as much as, you know, somebody's got to finish sixth, and this year it's it's Oklahoma City. They just can't top these teams. I mean, do, do you think, though, that, you know, a guy that's playing on the sixth seed can win an MVP someday? Like, I, I don't mean to just completely invalidate Harden's words 
because they work in his favor. Well, yeah, I mean, it. I, I don't know how to explain. It. Like, I don't think it's like, that big of a deal if a six seed at MVP, a guy won MVP, just because it's traditionally like a two seed or better that's won it. Um, generally, the best players in the league are on the best teams, and but like Russell Westbrook is also doing things we've never really seen before. Now, at the same time, Oscar Robertson, when he did it in 1961 or whatever, we talked about this before, he came in third place. So, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those things like where you're really splitting hairs, like all four of those guys are like super great and are having super great seasons on good on good teams. And I guess when you're splitting those hairs, you have to decide what is, what's important to you as a voter or somebody that wants to say like which guy's having the better year. Um, for me, wins aren't necessarily it because wins aren't just about you. It's about the guys you're playing with. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, like it's just, I'm not going to just give somebody the MVP just because they have better talent around them. I'm not even sure Houston ha- has like this measurably better talent than Oklahoma city does, which actually does improve James Harden's case on my end. But yeah, games played. Wins, yeah, like they factor in a slightly bit, and I guess that's kind of part of why I put James Harden over Russell Westbrook. But it's not like I wake up one morning and go, oh, Russell Westbrook plays for a six seed. I can't consider him as an MVP. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's kind of how I feel too. Just again, you know, historically, we look back at this, and you know, I think the last the last possible thing I can relate to this is when Kobe averaged like thirty five points a game. I think in the two thousand five two thousand six season. And most people thought, well, this has to be the year Kobe wins his MVP because he's just scoring banana pants, as Joe Nardone likes to say. Uh, and he didn't win the MVP. That was another Steve Nash year. And I think most people thought, well, the Lakers stunk, so that's why we're not giving Kobe the MVP. Obviously, you know, they made the playoffs that year. You can't really say they stunk. You can't say the Thunder stink as a six seed. But, you know, your other candidate is is the three seed. And... The Rockets, the Rockets have improved a lot this year. I think that's pretty relevant, too, is a lot of people want to talk about, you know, the Thunder and them not being that good. But going into the season, I don't think anybody expected the Rockets to be as good as the third seed in the West. So I think he deserves some credit for overachieving as well that maybe he's not getting. Just in, in terms of his comments, I, I don't think that they're completely invalid, though. No, I'm not saying they're invalid. I just don't think, like, they're super high up in the measuring stick. Like, we're not going to give the nod to Clint Capella if he plays for a winner. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it goes down. It goes like, I mean, it's going to be what's important to you because MVP by definition is kind of a wide varying thing and everybody defines it differently anyway. Do you know what I mean? So if wins is wins and a combination of playing lots of games are kind of what does it for you, then I'm not going to say like, don't do it to me. It's just a very small, um, pubic hair of the equation. Awesome. I was wondering when we were going to mention the word pubic hair on this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad it made its debut today. You're, you're welcome, America. All right, Joe, let's let's stay with the NBA. And actually, this, this isn't so much about the NBA as it is about terrible headlines. So this morning, we, we go to ESPN to try and get inspired for something different to talk about. And the second headline from the top on the right, or no, I'm sorry, it's not second. Now it's down to fourth. Russell hits winning three after grandmother dies. Joe, this is about D'Angelo Russell hitting the game-winning three last night as the Lakers beat the the Timberwolves in what was an exciting game of two of the worst teams in the NBA this season. Um, 
what? Tell me why this headline's so terrible. All right. Well, so like I looked at it this morning, I audibly giggled. There's a few few things that uh, concern me with this headline. Whose grandmother died? Do you know what I mean? Russell hits hits three pointer after grandmother dies. Whose grandmother? Is it his grandmother? Is it somebody else's grandmother? Grandmother in the stands. Two. Did he bury it immediately after she died? Like was she on the sidelines? Died. He hit a three. That seems inappropriate. Um, I need a little more context. I'm not trying to joke too much about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell losing his grandma. But um, that is just a weirdly phrased, shoehorned in headline. Like, it could have just been D'Angelo Russell hits game winning three, and then the story they could have mentioned that he, he lost his grandmother. Who do they really think they are enticing to read this column with that? Me. You know, has- it worked on me. I clicked on the link. So maybe that, that maybe it works, and maybe we're the we're the losers here, and we shouldn't be criticizing ESPN's uh, website editor. Anything anymore, or whatever I write, anything, no matter what, it's going to be like Villanova having a disappointing season after Grandma dies. <laughs> after Grandma dies, <laughs> after everything. Had, at the bottom, be like you know, Jane Winston passed away earlier this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the obituaries, find a grandma and slaughter yeah. in there. Right, uh, and we don't mean to joke about grandmothers dying again. And especially not, you know, make a joke about the Angela Russell Patrick grandmother Patrick Ewing gets first big recruit after grandma dies. Grandma dies. <laughs> it's just, it's really kind of exploitative. And I mean, like, I get it. It does tie into the column because I guess D'Angelo Russell wasn't expected to play on Sunday. And then he comes out and hits the game winner. No, we're being, we're being jerks about it. But it's still funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's I don't know, it's poor taste. I, I guess exploitative. Jared Rose is going to be a free agent after grandmother dies. <laughs> That's awful. I'm yeah, gonna, I, we gotta, I'm, anymore when I plug, I'm putting that in. You should definitely do that. Make it one of your. Uh, make it a headline for your column. Whatever you're going to write about. Yeah, I'm today. sure that won't get edited out. D'Angelo Russell shot six and nineteen in this game as well. Tyler Ennis actually scored twenty points. He's ruining their tanking, Tyler Ennis. <laughs> Tyler Ennis, I know that. Dude, that's another topic that we're not going to get into, but the Lakers' failed attempt at tanking, oh my god, I really hope they fall out of the top three. I really, really do. Boston's doing the best job of tanking right now. It's incredible. It really is. It's hey, what do you think about Marquette's faults and all those guys being at the Garden to watch the Knicks play over the weekend? I don't have any thoughts on it. I mean, Fultz is doing a, a tour. I don't know who else was at the game because I really uh, – um, Somebody else was at the game, like a projected lottery guy. Not somebody that the Knicks would end up taking because he, he's too back end of the lottery. I can't think of who. I can't remember who it was, but there was another guy there. Sweet. Um, no, I, I saw faults there, and obviously I saw his comments about wanting to be a Nick. I don't want to be Nick's fan guy here. I'll probably be Nick's fan guy in a little bit, actually. But um, it's just weird to, to see this stuff. I feel like we're, we're digging up a conspiracy. I feel like this is going to be the year the Knicks win the lottery again. Because, I mean, obviously anytime they're in it, they have a chance to win it, says conspiracy theory people. We really should have hit the conspiracy theory music for this one. But um, I, I don't know. It, it's... It's conflicting because the Knicks, too, they're one of these teams that's playing themselves out of a tank. I mean, they were as high up as, like, the fourth worst team in the NBA, and now they're back down to six because they had to beat playoff teams last week. It's just, it's disgusting. Those I get, bastards. I get upset when I see Sasha Vujicic hitting uh, dagger threes to help the Knicks win games. It's just, it's it's awful. It's 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 really bad. They can't even tank right. Well, maybe the ping pong balls will, will go in their favor. I can't wait for the year for, like, a 13 or a 14 to, like, land. Well, I mean, the Bulls won the, the Derrick Rose year. The Bulls, I think, were were last. I think they were 13. I think they were the first team out of the playoffs that year. And uh, they wind up getting Rose in the draft, and it changed things for them for a number of years. I, I can't see it happening with the Knicks. I always, obviously, am pessimistic when it comes to things with them. 
And I just it, it feels like Ed Tuzier seeing Marco Fultz at a game saying he wants to be a Nick. Like if that could only happen, oh man. I mean, seriously, could you think of the headlines though? Nick's draft faults after Grandma dies. After Grandma dies. <laughs> All right, Joe. I think we're we're approaching the level of being a hated writer. So this brings up the next thing that we wanted to talk about. What we're just think? we're joining the, me and you are morphing into becoming one singular hated writer. <laughs> we are the hated writer who talks about grandmothers dying in columns. Joe, who? I don't want to ask who's your most hated NBA writer, but if you had hey, your finger, we need hey. to put the poop in the basket. Oh, that's right. This is our new segment. We're putting we're putting some poop in the basket. Joe, hit the music. Seal. Put the poop in the basket. Yeah, that made me so happy. I made what, what did I make? Four versions of that song? I think you probably did. Yeah, that makes me want to put some poop in a basket and do other things. So, Joe, let's put. Put. <laughs> it's let's hard to the- say when I was singing. Not that one. Not the one we're using. The other segment uses when I was doing the. Um, I, I can't. Was they doing sabotage? Yeah, sabotage from Beastie Boys. That one. It was very hard to keep pace by saying put the poop in the basket. Behind the scenes, Joe sings the music to our segments and just Spoiler, changes his voice. Yeah, in case you didn't know, we don't actually have a. Uh, a I don't even know. Yeah, I don't want to say anything terrible. All right, Joe, let's put some poop in the basket. Who do you think is uh, not not your account necessarily, but having your finger on the pulse of basketball fans? Who do you think is the most hated NBA writer or reporter? Uh, Brian Windhorst. Why I, do you say Why do you say it's windy? Um. Okay, so like, I'm not saying he's wrong for doing it. I'm just saying it's what kind of happened. He was a high school reporter in Cleveland, Akron, and he kind of rode LeBron's coattails to getting a job at ESPN. Um, Factually? Yeah, and he was kind of LeBron's guy for a while, and then he stopped being LeBron's guy, and now he's kind of a gas bag. Wow, gas bag. Well, I mean, like, he he doesn't... I, I I listen. I don't follow him or like listen to him a ton. But whenever I hear him on any radio program, he has very strong opinions that are almost always anti-player, and he's he'll always come in like late on the LeBron stuff anymore, but still pretend he's super. In, he's still in the super inner circle, but it's pretty clear LeBron's cut him off. Really? Well, I mean. I I mean like he used to be the dude like if 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 he was still in LeBron's inner circle do you, do you think SI would have been writing the I'm coming home thing instead of ESPN? So it's funny I mean Brian Windhorst was actually just on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast last week and they were discussing uh, Brian Windhorst and uh, Dave McMenamin who are both Cavs writers for ESPN. Did you need two of those? Yeah, well they put together a book on uh, on last year's comeback and kind of LeBron coming back. And they actually, they brought up the whole Jenkins thing, and I i mean, they, they mentioned it in a way that, like, he was really undercover doing this doing this column for LeBron, and that maybe if they would have had Windhorse following them around, it would have been too obvious. I mean, at that point, I don't know if Wendy was, was working, like, the Miami Heat beat. Or, I don't think he was covering the Cavs. I think he was covering LeBron. So. Yeah, he was, he's, he was like a LeBron beat writer for, like, five right. or six years. Right, so, I mean, I guess they could have had him do it. I, I don't think he's terrible. I do I do understand what you're saying in terms of like fan resentment. Uh, I mean, I usually don't really hear him outside of 
speaking with Rachel Nichols or speaking with Zach Lowe. So usually I think I probably get his best takes. Uh, I do agree, though. Sometimes he does come across very, like, anti-player and very, they're wrong and I know why they're wrong and I'm, you know, the the right, the authority to call them wrong. And I think anytime, you know, you hear writers kind of talking like that, it rubs you the wrong way because they're here because of the players, you know, obviously. Like and he's very literally there because of a player. Literally, he's there because of LeBron. That, that That's an interesting take. I actually, I kind of like and really respect Wendy. And hearing that interview last week made me really want to go out and buy their book. And I can't tell you the last sports book I went out and bought. Oh, man, last sports book. I, I think mine was, and this is a long time ago, and it was bought for me because I was like eight was the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, biography. Wow, did you read it when you were eight? Yeah, I did, because I remember the most interesting passage was when Kareem um, mentioned how when Magic Johnson came in as a rookie, they won their first game in a close game, and Magic was celebrating like they won the title. And he had to tell Magic to calm the bleep down. Nice. <laughs> That's so funny. It was actually I, I I don't I haven't read it in a long time, but it was actually like a really good uh, a really good biography. Because Kareem, I mean Kareem's really good dude. Like he's really smart and, and uh, uh, insightful, and he he could look back within himself and not not like you know like not really have regrets or say it the way he thinks he's supposed to like he feels or whatever. So I thought that was really good. I shouldn't read yeah. a biography to actually compare it to something else though. Yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, I, I read plenty of biographies. They're actually usually my preferred, like, form of reading. I love biographies. I, I don't know why. Can't uh, get enough. For books, I like fiction. I like, like, for athletes, like, I, I'm usually satisfied with a magazine-style magazine, magazine style feature on them. Like, I don't need to know generally, like, their whole life story. Because most guys don't have that interest. Like, there's enough interest to fill, like, a 7,000-word piece, but, like, not an 80 to 100,000-word book. Right. Makes sense. Uh, I'm gonna put my poop in the basket now, Joe. I don't Ooh, know. Put it in the basket. I don't know who the most the hated writer or reporter is, but being in New York, I'm gonna use that lens. It's definitely Frank Isola over here. I mean, I don't want to be total Knicks fan guy again, but I noticed there was there was Knicks Twitter beef yesterday slash last night. I kind of woke up seeing that on my phone between. Uh, I don't know if it's Stephen or Stefan Bondi. Did did you catch any of that? No. Stephen Bondi's kind of had a long running beef with. A Nick blogger, who, like, is anonymous. A Nick blogger, Tommy D, who obviously uh, fancies himself a Nick's writer-reporter and actually writes for Fansided, does their podcast, their exes and those podcasts. There's a free plug. And uh, John Henson, the host of Wipeout. Do you know what I'm talking about? Wait, who? John Henson, the... Yeah, I know, I know who that he is. Do, he used to do Talk Soup, and now he hosts Wipeout. I don't even know if Wipeout's a real show anymore, which is essentially like a MXC, Most Extreme Challenge. The Spike Classic that they put on ABC, essentially, blah, blah, blah. So, so blah, blah, blah. Stephen Bondi's been, been beefing with those guys, essentially as, like, the knockoff Frank Isola, because, you know, all he does is slander the Knicks, and Knicks fans can't take it anymore. The Knicks don't deserve people to write all these mean things about them, so they get all angry with him and say he's a hack. But this, this essentially all stems from Isola, because Isola is the most, you know, I don't want to say negative, because he's he's factual, he's being truthful, Sure, he takes digs that he doesn't need to take, and fans, you know, fans usually don't follow the beat to hear all the terrible things, even though, you know, journalism is objective, and I think Isola is relatively objective. I mean, when you have a terrible product to cover, you're going to say bad things. It's not like he should be digging for good things to say about a, a bad team and a poorly run organization, but Knicks fans hate Frank Isola, I think, more than anybody hates any writer, reporter, or anything. I think that's fair. I know Isola's hated. Um, I'm outside the New York bubble. Um, and not a Knicks fan, 
So like I never looked through it through that lens. Um, I know like a lot of people prefer their beat writers to be like uh, what's his name, Royce White, when he was Royce, cover- Young. Royce Young when he was co- covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I don't prefer that though because like Young was very, uh, I don't know, man, like Homerish in the coverage. Yeah. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like, and, and I don't. I rather Isola be jaded, overly negative, whatever, than like him like randomly finding ways to tell you why Derrick Rose is good. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that, listen, that's what the bloggers do a lot. And not to say the bloggers, I'm a blogger. The myself. bloggers! I mean, it's it's kind of a let's look for a, a way to twist this terrible thing into something good. It's hard to do that when you've been covering a really poorly run organization for the last 20 years and they've won, you know, one playoff series over that time. By the way, Royce White, former NBA player with... Uh, yeah, that was my bad. Yeah, that, that's cool, man. But that, that's who Royce White is. I think we actually had Royce Young on our bad tweet segment after the KD signing because he was very mad online about it. Oh, he was furious about it. And that like that's a bad look. Like, you're not... And then his beat changed <laughs> when, yeah. when Kevin Durant left. I mean... Well, no, I mean, he still covers the Thunder. I thought he went to Golden State. I thought he ended up covering Golden State. No, no, he still covers the Thunder. Oh. He wouldn't. You wouldn't have been able to do that. Well, I understand. I actually do. Like, part of it, I do understand getting mad when, like, a star leaves because you're like, well, what am I going to cover now? Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. But, um, like, the Isola thing, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, you cover a bad team for so long, like a poorly run franchise. And he's covering a couple of poorly run franchises. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, eventually you're just like, man, I'm done. Like, I can't even pretend to, like, you know, like, this is okay or things are headed. Like, they're clearly not heading in the right direction. They haven't been for a long time. So what do you like? What is he supposed to tweet or write about? Right, and he also like I I don't know not to talk too much Knicks here. J- James Dolan has kind of banned him from certain things, and James Dolan's been crappy to the Daily News because of their coverage of the Knicks. So I mean, it, it kind of stems a little deeper, and it does get a little personal. And it's kind of interesting how people choose sides here and get upset when Isola is personal about it. And not, you know, looking at the root of this and being like, well, the team treats him poorly because he writes bad things. And that's why, you know, it kind of feeds the beast a little bit. He's the one with the pen and with the audience. So, of course, you know, you say bad things about him and you make him, you know, feel uncomfortable at his job. He's only going to be more negative about an already bad situation. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, we had this with Mark Cuban when he was mad that the ESPN only had, like, somebody there every so often. And I know it's happened, like, in lower-level baseball where, like, Local papers will like ban the, the the paper beat writer from covering them because they're writing negative things. Like their job is not to serve the franchise. Their job is to get information, insight, and opinions to the public. Do you know what I mean? So like the idea that Dolan would give that entire paper and I sold all hard time is just stupid. Well said, Joe. All right. Although, although if Dolan wants, if I saw wants to get back in his good side, just write a good review about one of uh, Dolan's music CDs. JD and the straight shots? I don't think anybody could do that. Do you own um, any of those? Of course I don't. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. That, that's I know I'm getting you for Christmas next year. I look forward to it. I will, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Joe, I got an important question for you. Uh, I'm Mary already, Jared. All right, then I have a less important question for you. Go on. I, it is currently April 10th. We are eight days into the 2017 MLB season. Have you watched baseball yet? I watched a half of an inning last night. I watched the Mets destroy whoever was pitching for the Marlins in the bottom half of the first inning. Nice. And 
that catcher for the Marlins, it's all his fault. Things were going so horribly. The first baseman threw him a ball. They would have had the guy out at home. He dropped it. First run scored, and then they just kept piling on. I don't know what the outcome of the game was. Because after that, I turned it off, and I watched the movie Split, or whatever it's called. What movie is that? The M. Night Shyamalan one with the guy from Want It, when he has, like, split personalities. Interesting. It's I'm actually not very afraid. good. Very good. This is his best I'm, movie in over a decade, and it's not even close. Very on brand of us to start talking about baseball and then go into M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> movies. I guess we're done with the baseball I want to tell you how it ends, because I know you'd appreciate it, but it's a huge spoiler. I do not give a crap at okay, all. Okay. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to say spoiler. This is such bad radio. I don't tell care. Me. It's great radio, like us talking about Russell Westbrook and James Harden splitting hairs. So it takes place in the same universe as the movie Unbreakable, and you don't find that out until the end, because who shows up at the very end? Bruce Willis. Wow. As the Unbreakable character. Interesting. Was that an M. Night Shyamalan movie as well? Yeah. That's when he was still, like, people still liked him. I like Bruce Willis. Oh, I'm a nice Shyamalan, yeah. Like, he's made a bunch of duds over the years. Like, it's been a long time since he's made anything people like. But I'm telling you right now, Split was far exceeded my expectations. Today, tonight, probably tonight, I plan on watching some movie called Void. Supposedly, it's like a modern-day kind of version of The Thing. And I'm very excited to watch I love horror movies. You enjoy that, Joe. You enjoy that. So I take it that that's the only baseball you've watched this season. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. Yep, bottom half of the first inning last night of Mets-Marlins. And Jay Bruce is still in the league. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, the Mets just got him last year. He can't be that old. How old's Jay Bruce? Listen, when I saw his name in the lineup, I was like, he's got to be like 38 years old. I feel like I played with him in Super Bases Loaded. He was really young. He came up early. I was going to say I thought he was maybe 32. Jay Bruce is only 30 years old. Get out! And he literally just turned 30. April 3rd is his birthday. No way. I Is there like a different Jay Bruce I'm confusing him with? I mean, maybe you are confusing him with somebody that's He made the me. all-star team last year? Yeah, yeah. He had a hot start to the season, then the Mets traded for him, then he sucked. I'm, I'm so confused. I could have sworn Jay Bruce played like for the Giants at some point. Are you thinking of uh, Bruce Bochy, the manager? <laughs> no. I mean, I, 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 I uh, how is Jay Bruce only in the league since 2008? I swear to like Jared, I promise you, when I saw his name come up, and they were talking about uh, he, against the pitcher, he was eight. For, I don't know why I remember the, the announcer saying this. He had career numbers 8 of 16 with two homers off him. And... Uh, this is like, the only Jay Bruce. And I was like, man, Jay Bruce is super old. Good for him for still being in the league. And now I find out he's only 30. He is unique as a Jay Bruce in, in Major League Baseball. Wow. Man, my heart. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm disappointed in my baseball knowledge. This kind of ruined my day. Sorry to hear that. Uh, if it makes you feel better, I have a cat named Bruce. So maybe that's who you're thinking How about. How old is your cat named Bruce? Uh, he's eight, I believe. So he's like 50-some years old in, uh, in baseball years. Yeah, 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 exactly. In baseball years. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to human years. Because that's how that works. Uh, Joe, important question while we're Wait, talking about Wait, did you watch any baseball yet? Yeah, I've, I've watched a couple Yankee games here and there. Not not a ton. Could you, name nine, could you name nine Yankees that aren't pitchers? Can I name nine Yankees? That aren't pitchers. Not one can be a pitcher. Not one could be a pitcher. Yeah, I think I could do that. You ready? You have the skull. I'll count on my fingers. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Brett Gardner, I'm going to try to do their their opening day lineup. 
Brett Gardner, uh, batting second was, was Gary Sanchez. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop there. <laughs> no, come on. Gar- Gardner Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is supposed to be very, very good, correct? Yeah, he's told, I think he strained his right bicep on Saturday, which is mm. no fun. Yeah, I can't think of who's hitting third for this team because they don't have any good hitters. Aaron Boone? Uh, it is definitely not Aaron Boone. I'll, I'll try and go whatever order I can. So it's it's those two guys. you got Matt Holliday. You have Aaron Hicks. You have uh, Jacoby Ellsbury's on the team still. He's awesome. Uh, let's keep thinking. Let's keep thinking. We're at five. Miguel Tejada? <laughs> Miguel Tejada's not on the team. Starlin Castro. Uh, Charlene Castro's on the Yankees? Yeah, last year was his first year there. Ch- Chase Headley, Aaron Judge out in right field slash DH. We're at seven, Joe. That's pretty good. You're actually uh, Ron- you're actually at eight. All right. Ronald Torres is hit, playing a shortstop while Didi Gregorius is hurt. So, I mean, what's That's that? That's ten because you said Didi Gregorius as well. Um, right. So, you I win. Yeah, I, I still pay attention to baseball, especially the Yankees. going to be hard to get me to watch a non-Yankee baseball game this season unless I'm, like, at City Field. So if you got those Mets tickets, hook it up. Hook it up. Send it to Jared at jaredblogspot.com. Jared Mintz is the truth.blogspot.com. <laughs> we're, we're, we're keeping it real. All right, Joe, I got another important baseball question for you. Shoot. Nobody expected this. We could not have seen it. Nope. Through 13 at-bats, this man has two home runs, five RBIs, and a two eighty six on base percentage. Probably more important, a six ninety two slugging percentage. <laughs> Joe, who am I talking about here? It sounds like Barry Bonds, but... His- his birthplace is Makati, Philippines. Whoa! So we're talking about a Filipino person, obviously. Well, yeah, uh, clearly. Not somebody that was there for other reasons. Um, It's Tim Tebow, we, obviously, for the fire. Timothy, Timothy Richard Tebow. Is his middle name Richard? His middle name is Richard. Good old TR, playing for the Fireflies. Um, I, I shoehorned this, this image. I just wanted to say that he had two home runs. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I think he had a home run in his first at-bat last week, which is pretty impressive considering it's Tebow. Yeah. Is he better Is he better than we wanted to give him credit for? Well, he's playing, what, single A, though, right? I'm pretty sure he's playing single A. And, and Michael Jordan played triple A? I think he played, uh, I don't know. I wanted to say double A. I think he played double A. Yeah, so like single A is, you know what's weird, though? I, I So I used to frequent this uh, bar locally where a lot of um when our triple a team was the phillies triple a team they were called the red barons those guys used to frequent there and i remember one guy talking to another guy saying it was harder to hit a baseball in single a than it was in triple a because the pitches were so wild like they could tell what pitch like they they intuitively would know what the pitcher wanted to throw so like that's kind of how they would figure out like how they're going to approach the the bat but like the pitchers in single a were so wild it did them no favors so i wonder like you know like maybe it's harder to hit in single a Maybe. I don't know. And, yeah, that, and that's just me overhearing one random dude. I can't tell you who he, who he is on the Red Barons like seven years ago. Right. Yeah. Hey, he's a source. Yeah, that my source from the Red Barons. I think it was, actually, I think it was um, Bobby Abreu's brother. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, if anybody would know, it would be uh, Bobby Abreu's brother. Yeah. Do you and have old Lion seven years ago then it was Bobby Abreu's brother because they used to keep him around because Bobby Abreu was like a hero to the people in Philly. I love Bobby Abreu. Good Yankee. Any other thoughts on this Tebow baseball thing? Anybody you want to compare him to in all of sports? Oh, yeah, Jimmer for that. <laughs> um, so I didn't know his batting average was going to be a little so low. Religious on religious. Yeah. No, but my idea is like Jimmer for that is a great basketball player everywhere but the NBA. So I was kind of hoping Tebow's batting average would be high. So I could say, yeah, Tebow's going to be great in baseball everywhere but the Major League Baseball. 
But um, then you told me he bats two twenty three or whatever. Yeah, no, they were talking that he was the worst player at spring training for the Mets. Like, nobody looked worse than him during spring training. Well, nobody he, should look worse than him. He's been playing baseball for two years. He's been playing baseball all his life, Joe. Come on. Well, he hasn't played baseball. I know. I know. I am joking. The fact that he had two home runs is pretty amazing. Like, it really is. Like, I know we're going to, like, like, when Michael Jordan played, the fact that he was able to put the ball in the bat is absurd. Yeah, he put the poop in the basket. He uh, did, but it's seriously, like, imagine me and you just randomly walking to Yankee Stadium and having whoever the hell their pitchers are throw us baseballs and us trying to put the bat on the ball. Well, I mean, these are guys that play baseball, like, in high school, I guess. I don't know. So, oh, wow. I know and a lot of guys that play in the game. They're great athletes. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not sticking up for people at all or, or anybody. Actually, I kind of think this is a slap in the face of Jimmer for debt, but I digress. Uh, what do you mean a slap in the face of Jimmer for debt? Profe- professional athletes are just incredible athletes, and some of these guys are Except very for Jimmer. He's not very good. If he was a good an athlete, he'd be in the NBA. Slow first step, Jimmer. I mean, he played five years in the NBA. I think that's pretty decent. Well, but, he's used a first-round pick, and they had to justify that first first contract. Complete, complete bust. Complete bust. That's what you get when you're drafted to the Kings. It's Jimmer, though. Jimmer Jimmer's not an NBA player, okay? I can agree to Jimmer not being an NBA player. Jimmer is not an NBA player. I'm dancing in my kitchen right now. Oh, yeah. You would be. What I'm saying here is some athletes are just very talented and skilled and can apply their skills to other sports. And not saying, you know, you throw Shaq in baseball and the guy can play baseball. But some of these guys just have the ability and the athleticism to play multiple sports. Why would Tony Romo be wearing a Dallas Mavericks jersey on Tuesday? What sense in the world does that make? I don't know, but can I have a hot take about guys that play multiple sports? Just real quick. Tony Romo's obviously not going to get in the game, okay? He's obviously not going to play, but he's, like, had enough of a presence on the basketball scene that they thought this was relevant to any extent. Go ahead, Joe. What if he hits a jumper? Charlie Ward's the greatest multiple sport athlete ever. I mean, he won a Heisman, and he had a 10- to 15-year NBA career. I don't Also know. played uh, in a national tennis tournament the season he won the Heisman. Like, is that professional tennis, or is that... I don't know what kind of... I, just, I was talking to somebody else about this who's going to do a feature on it, so I don't want to spoil too much. We were talking about Charlie Ward's accomplishments. But, yeah, uh, yeah he was uh, also a very good baseball player, apparently, too. Interesting. Uh, not that Charlie Ward's my favorite. One of my favorite, uh, that really basketball and football players ever. Yeah, I, I'm a big Charlie Ward guy. Aside from his uh, his uh, religious beliefs, but uh, what I is it? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to know. Don't ruin it for me. No, no, the no, Juan no, no. Dixon interview recently ruined Juan Dixon for me. I'm not familiar with the Juan Dixon interview. Oh, listen- well, he re- in college he pretended his father was dead and his father was alive the whole time. Oh wow! I did not know that came out. Mm-hmm. I, I am very familiar with the Juan Dixon. <laughs> Juan Dixon wins national championship after Grandma dies. Story. Um, I, uh, I I didn't hear that about Juan Dixon. And I'm not saying anything bad about Charlie Ward here. He's a devout Christian. That's fine. Be whatever religion you are. I just have heard stories of a few people that met him, and he was like Bible thumping on them hard. I think I know where you're going with this. That's enough of the Charlie Ward talk then. Absolutely is. Uh, all right, Tim Tebow is Jimmer, except Jimmer is better. Joe, before we get into absurd questions, tonight is a very important oh, night. yeah! And it has nothing to do with sports. Joe, tell me what you're excited about tonight in, in real life. Felicio? Um, no, my... Uh... <laughs> wait, wait, to, wait to grunt it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I didn't know why they came out. Um, better call Saul. And... <laughs> I think we're, Gus is coming in this season, so this is this is big time. This is big time moment. I think in the in the in the show. G- 
just being Gustavo Fring of Breaking Bad fame, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Better Call Saul as well. I kind of really want to go back and run the series back. Instead, my wife and I started watching The Sopranos again. Whoa. She'd never seen, she'd never seen The Sopranos. So, uh, we're did that age as horribly as it did when I last watched it five years ago? I'm going to be honest with you. The first couple episodes were kind of tough to get through, but we like hit stride and like banged out maybe seven episodes over the last like two days. So it's, it's been enjoyable. Uh, but let's, let's stay on topic here. Better Call Saul's back. Uh, season two ended with Chuck kind of smashing his head. Chuck being Saul's brother, uh, smashing his head after Saul, a.k.a. Jimmy, was covering up some some fake news. Joe, do you want to elaborate on, on the end of season two? Do you remember well, how season two I, I, I kind of. like. I, listen, I wanted to binge watch it as well before this, but then I got caught up doing other things like work and stuff. But, uh, yeah, but the thing is, like, I saw the previews for season three, and Chuck's okay. So... Yeah, Chuck was okay at the end of season two also, and we know that now Chuck wants to get Jimmy. So pretty much the whole thing watching the show is, when is Jimmy going to turn into Saul? Yeah, and really, to- really towards the end of last season, it, it looked like that was going to happen. Mike was picking up some exciting action as well with you know the whole Tuco, Nacho, Hector, Salamanca scene. So there, there's that to look forward to. Yeah, this is this How is close to be- the timeline do you think we are to when Breaking Bad starts? That, I think that's what most people are interested in. Because I think Saul was, by the time Breaking Bad started, Saul, like Jimmy, was Saul for a little while. Yeah, I would think so too. So I'm going to say we're still maybe like three years away from Walter White entering the Saul Goodman uh, universe. Wait, what? I, I think, like, in real time, like, I think we're like three years away from it. Like, Yeah, I think, I think that's about accurate because... Um, you know what I do love though, like, and this is like people that don't watch the show don't care, but how, like, you know, like in the in Breaking Bad, like Saul had had like really actually good positive characteristics of a person, like how we yeah. really did care about the law, like upholding certain parts of the law, and uh, like he never really took like because um, oh god, Walter White and um, Jesse were his clients, like he always kind of had their back and went up went above and beyond for them, and obviously he got paid handsomely for it. But, like, you kind of see how and why he is that way. Like, he was taking care of his brother who wouldn't leave his house, even though his brother, like, pretty much besmirched him to all of every other lawyer in the world possible. Yeah. His brother's a dick. <laughs> I hope he gets what's coming to him. I don't think it's going to happen this season. I think the big thing this season is we're going to see him morph into Saul. But I want to know when, when, when Chuck gets his, his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like that's coming too, obviously, because, I mean, he wasn't involved in Breaking Bad at all, so I, I do think that we see the demise of Chuck at some point. Uh, I, I think last season also, Chuck left uh, Hankin and McGill, or whatever it is, HMM, the, the, his, his pretty much, uh, his whatever firm. you call firm, his law firm. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the show too. I talk about it all the time, Bob Odenkirk's like my favorite actor in the world, so... I'm excited to see him continue to to play this great character and uh, give me more Vince Gilligan, man. Well, you know what sucks, man? Like he's not batting well outside the Breaking Breaking Bad universe. Well, I mean, X Files X Files was his, wasn't it? I thought he just wrote a couple episodes. I didn't think it was oh, his. Really? Yeah, I think I he wrote a couple. I don't think X Files was his. Wasn't that actually? Um, well, it wasn't Josh Weldon. Who was it? I think he only wrote a couple. Of, I could be wrong. I thought I thought he only wrote a couple of episodes for X Files. I'm not an X-Files person. But like, so ba- that Battle Creek show, which had potential, by the way, um, was canceled after one season. Uh, yeah, not not into it. Not into it. Did you try or- Battle Creek? 
No, I didn't. I thought I don't it had, even know I what thought, that is. It was a Vince Gillian show, and it was like, but it was on like normal network television, and it starred. Um, Jeez, I forgot who it stars. Uh, the guy that's married to Fergie. And, oh, uh, jo- Josh Dumel, is that his name? Yeah, and um, he's in, I know him as the guy is rescue, from Rescue Me, the cop, Dennis Leary's brother, but people know him as Mayhem, the insurance commercial guy. Yeah, uh, from Oz. Yeah, he's in the ton- he's actually he's in the ton- good stuff, um, but I think most people know him as the insurance guy. Yeah, it's disappointing. No. Uh, Vince Gilligan wrote 30 episodes and co-executive produced 44 episodes. Of X Files, starting from birth. Uh, Show, not him. No, <laughs> no, he he came in second season, so oh. no, he not he did not create the show. I, I didn't think he created. I knew he did stuff for it. I just didn't think he created it. He did stuff. All right, guys, go watch uh, Better Call Saul later. Joe, let's end our show with some absurd questions. Ah, ah! Questions. I have to be You're careful. My windows, my windows are open. Scream it. Who cares? Your neighbors know. Yeah, they know. They they probably have some absurd questions themselves, like as in why is my shed falling down and I haven't done anything about it yet. Um, Do something. I, I am actually the insurance covers that they're going to take care of it this week. Um, good, good things. Good things. It really was. I was afraid they weren't going to cover it. Um, is ground bologna good? Ground as in like taking a slice of bologna and putting it on a fry? No, you, like the actual ground bologna sandwich. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's bologna, it's mayonnaise, and it's pickled all ground up. I know nothing about what you're talking. What? About. Yeah, I don't know, man. All right, so here's what the thing is, right? So you get a stick of bologna. You go through the old-school grinder. You grind it through. Then you get some pickles. You put it through the old-school grinder. You grind it through. Then you put whatever the measurement of mayonnaise is. You stir, and you slap that son of a gun on some bread, and you eat it. And it's delicious. That sounds terrible. Have you made this yourself, or you get it at a place? Well, you could get it at a place, at least locally. I don't know if this is a national thing or if this is just like a Wilkes-Barre Scranton thing. But, um, yeah, you could buy it at a place here. Um, growing up, my mom used to make it at home. I've never attempted to make it myself because I don't have one of those old-school grinders. I was going to say, I forget that like you and your family are involved in like the food industry because I don't know where you get a food grinder from. I've never worked with one of those. No, like just like one of those, like they connect to your counter and they have like the hand grind. You just you put something yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with how how it functions. I just have never seen one. I've never never. Well, they're, 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 well, they're not like new. Like those are what older people use now. You could probably make this in a blender now. I'm guessing. You probably could. That sounds terrible. In fact, listen, I haven't had it in a long time, so maybe I'm being nostalgic. But I remember like really enjoying them. How if, long do you fry the bologna for? You don't fry the bologna at all. It's really just chopped up bologna with pickles, pickles and mayonnaise. Yeah, that's it. So here's the thing: I don't like pickles or mayonnaise, so that sounds. Oh awful. yeah, it's something to put on off to you. Right? Yeah, yeah. What is it? What is the appeal to it? I don't know. I thought I always thought it was just delicious. Like it's, it doesn't taste like. There's a thing. Like it doesn't actually like you don't really taste bologna. I can't even explain it because it's not like a bologna taste, but it's not like heavy in pickle or heavy in mayonnaise. It's like a perfect mixture of the three. It's like. Poor, I guess maybe it's a poor person sandwich because I was pretty poor for a while as a kid. So maybe it's like the poor person's secret sauce. Maybe. Interesting. I, well, I, I, I would that's... like to know. When you're when we're done with this, put it on your pool. No. No. <laughs> you gra- do, you know, do, you know, do you know what ground bologna is? I don't know how to do a pool. I know I have to open up Twitter and then do something, but then like I always mess up and It's like the easiest thing in the world, Joe. You could do it. This is the way you're going to learn. And I'm going to do, do it right now. So I have to be in real Twitter, right? I can't be in TweetDeck? I believe so. I don't use TweetDeck. I actually use real Twitter, which I'm sure will make everybody think less of me. I think less of you already. All right. That's tweet. Oh, and there's a thing that literally says poll. 
Yeah, that's why it's the easiest and thing Paul, to do. do you know what? Ground Bologna. So I think is. you need to do four choices here. Yes, it's awesome. Yes, it's disgusting. No, just yes or no, because when you put too many, people go nuts. Well, I mean, part of the thing here is finding out if people like it, not just if they know it. Well, let's first find out if people know what it is. Do you know what ground bologna is? Yes hey, or no? Hey, it's your, it's your poll. You can do it. Boom. It's live. Most right, important thing I've... Poll. Boom. I bet you I get no votes. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote because now you told me, so uh, you got one vote. Congrats. Thank you. You All voted right, no. <laughs> I voted yes. Oh, because now you know what it is. Yeah, so I voted yes because I know what it is. I didn't know what it was before this. Thanks for your education. What's Appreciate your absurd it. question? Here you go, Joe. Ooh. Not that you want to get your wife or any other woman pregnant, Whoa. but if you if you could choose any method other than the traditional method, which we won't elaborate on, to impregnate a woman, how would you do it? Oh, man, that's a great question. Wow. Well, here's the thing, like, right, like, the part of the making a baby part's kind of fun. That's the good part. Yeah, so, like, you'd also want, if you have to, if you can't do it the traditional method... You'd also still want it to be fun. So I guess, like, I can't, like, just make it a variation of that. I guess that's no. off the books. That's um, off the table. We're talking a, a different way to impregnate a woman. It doesn't need to involve any traditional methods. Oh, okay. It how about this? Be, it, it could went, be as easy as saying solve a math problem and you're pregnant. How about this? Every time I score over 60 points in Madden. Because then I can really control when I want to have babies or not. <laughs> What are some out of control explanations here? Like, well, if it's like, like a word, like right, you might accidentally say it. Oh, that that would be the worst. Like, 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 what if the word was Jared? And like, I do a podcast with you, and your name is Jared. I'd have like twenty five babies at the end of every Monday, and then another twenty five every every Friday. That'd be incredible. Um, no, that that wouldn't be good if it was like Pee Wee Herman word of the day. You say a word, and all of a sudden your wife's pregnant, and we're all celebrating. <laughs> that would not be cool. Uh, you know what's actually funny? I was thinking the video game route as well. Like, we, we play a game of, like, FIFA, and I win, and, like, she gets pregnant. Um, we're terrible. Uh, what, what are some other, like, really funny ways? Like, it doesn't have to be a competition. Either. Whenever Not you like, step on a crack on a sidewalk. <laughs> so you avoid the cracks at all costs? If, avoid, you, like, if you fast, like, if you DVR a show, if you don't fast forward through the commercials, no babies. But if you fast forward, you have to have babies. Wow. Um, so there's a reward to keep you, you know, keep the advertisers happy. Don't watch more than five minutes of Cinemax in a sitting. doesn't even matter what's on. That's true. Um, um, every time you masturbate. No. <laughs> no, this, this, I mean, I was going to say no traditional methods here. <laughs> but it's not really traditional. Well, I mean, you know, sperm bank, whole aspect of that. Um, this is the second time we've mentioned sperm banks in like less than a week. Every time you eat a bowl of chocolate ice cream. <laughs> uh yeah yeah man I, whenever you I, tweet <laughs> whenever uh whenever whenever your wife steals your basketball shorts <laughs> you got pregnant by putting on my basketball shorts i'm gonna have to burn on my basketball shorts then yeah, yeah i mean there's there's so many different ways you could go with this uh every time you drink a glass of soda to try to anytime you anytime you walk by a bird outside <laughs> Anytime you make eye contact with, uh, I don't know, a homeless person. Yeah, every, I don't know. Every time you jump in the pool when, and you hold your nose while doing it. Oh, my God. That would be every time for me. I'm a nose holder. Are you a nose holder? I never understood the nose holders. Like, is this out of habit by now for you, or do you really think like, the, the water's going to go up your nose? 
A little bit of both. The water does go up my nose. Uh, you know, like, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Most of the time that I jump into a pool without holding my nose, I get water up there and almost do the drown thing. So it's not enjoyable for me. I've tried, like, numerous times to be like, okay, you could do this. Sometimes I just can't. I, 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 I'm not judging you. I'm just very confused by it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know if it was something, like, just developed early on as a kid and then people just stay with it. Or if it's, like, some kind of uncontrollable thing, like, when you hit the water, like... You're just your your reaction is to suck in. I don't know. I don't know to be honest, and it's fine if I'm gonna get judged for it. You know, I'm 31 years old and I hold my nose when I jump in a pool. It's pretty stupid looking. Do you still but, wear swimmies? Uh, depends how deep the water is. <laughs> no, I, I could swim pretty well. Funny story, actually. So I went to summer camp as a child, and uh, there was one summer I didn't like to go in the pool because I was fat, so I didn't want to take my shirt off. So I didn't want to go in the pool. It's a whole number of things. Um, and one summer, they gave out awards at the end of the summer. I must have gone in the pool maybe four times that summer, the whole summer, and I won the best swimmer award. And wow. uh, there was another kid in my group named Jared who was really pissed because he was a really good swimmer. And he was like, we were eight, I think. He was like, this is bullshit. He doesn't even go in the pool. I swim every day. I think the award's meant for me. Why are you giving it to him? And uh, yeah, I won best swimmer. So you think? do you think it was meant for him? Probably. I mean, I don't know why the hell they would have gave it to me. I probably swam less than everybody. It was a boost for my confidence, though. And maybe that's why they gave it to me. Like, if we give him this award, maybe he'll want to go in the pool moving forward because he's like, oh, I'm an awesome swimmer. And I think it did have that effect, except I just never went in the pool ever again. That's so. like the next level of, like, when you think somebody's saying hi to you, but they're saying hi to somebody behind you. Pretty much. Except, no, except, like, I intercepted the conversation, and now we have this conversation. That's except- true. You, you actually took advantage of it. I'll never forget... This is kind of the same thing. Uh, I remember I was I was twenty one, and a really pretty girl was waving in my direction, and I was convinced it couldn't have been for me, and it was. But I was convinced it was the person behind me type of deal. So did you take advantage? I mean, did you? Well, say by, the, by, by, by the time I had enough drinks in me to have the courage to walk over, it was too late because I was a debacle. That'll happen. When but like, I think my, my line was like, hey, remember like three hours ago when you were waving over here? Yeah, that's what you said. Remember that time you waved at me? Yeah. That's your pickup line? I'm pretty sure that's what I said. Something around those lines. Oh, that's mighty disappointing, Joe. But hey, you're in a better place for it, so it's okay. What about every time you say pivot on a podcast, your wife gets pregnant? <laughs> I haven't said pivot in a really long time. No, you time. haven't. I've said it more than you have. Whenever we say it, it's ironic, too. It's not natural. You, you beat the pivot out of me. Just like I don't think you said... Uh, Whatever words you say wrong in a while. I say, was, oh, if you ever listen, like, I say tons of words wrong. You haven't said uh, preface since I brought it up, and uh, I think your wet blanket days are over, too. True. Well, I did um, the Rumble in the Garden podcast yesterday. That'll come out today. And, Ooh, uh, that's fun. I was telling Norman off the air, I'm like, listen, like, I try as hard as I could not even to bother to try to pronounce players' names. And St. John's has a couple of tricky names on there. And during the podcast, I, I didn't want to try to pronounce the name of the assistant coach who's a really good uh, recruiter, Matt, whatever his last name is. I, I can't say it either. And uh, Norman just winged it and said it. So after the podcast, I'm like, hey, you're really good at like saying it. He's like, I don't know if I'm saying them right. <laughs> you just got to say it with confidence. Matt, Abdul, Abdul, I can't. I but you know, I, you know who I'm Matt, talking about, the very good recruiting yeah. coach, yeah. Abdul Massey. But I, I spent the whole year trying to learn how to say Richard Freudenberg, and he, he, he's he's leaving to play pro basketball in Germany. Terrible. Shout out to Norman Rose. Shout out to uh, to Rumble at the Garden. They do awesome things. They're on the SB Nation uh, 
Network. Check them out for your St. John stuff. Joe, that's exciting that you did their podcast, man. Yeah, second time this year. Um, we talked some St. John stuff, but then, like, no, obviously it's because it's me. We wandered in some weird directions, so I don't know if he's going to edit those parts out. But, yeah, I ended up talking about some weird stuff as well. What's the weirdest thing you guys talked about just before we say goodbye? <sighs> oh, man, it feels like forever ago since we did that podcast. Probably about my hair. <laughs> you always talk about hair. You cannot avoid talking about hair. And how I judge people who don't have any. Oh, so but I don't really. I meant that as a joke. But they can't, like, as soon as I said it, I'm like, man, I sound like such a dick. Sweet, man. Way to go. Way to talk about people who don't have hair. All right, I guess we're done here. Thanks, man. How about every Thanks. time you judge somebody without hair, your wife gets pregnant? Oh, no, then there'd be a lot of pregnant women out there. All right, Joe, I think we've reached our threshold of garbage to talk about. I think we've put enough poop in the basket today. Poop in the basket? Put We're going to rename the, the podcast the Poop in the ba- Basket podcast. It's going to happen. I ran them all by Alex Cloge, and the sabotage one, he's like, Dad, this is really loud. <laughs> I deleted That's- those ones, by the way. I should have saved them and sent them out for samplers. Sounds appropriate. Sent them out for samplers. God, I can't wait to see what you do next in your life. Whoa, three day. votes. We got th- two. Obviously, there's only three votes. So we have two yes and a no on the right. early poll results for, you know, Grambolonias. I can't vote on my own poll. What kind of baloney is this? Ground baloney. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We will have a special show on Friday, so sit tight and wait for that. Again, thank you for listening. <laughs> I don't know if you had like some kind of fancy thing to say at the end of that. You're just like, sit no, tight no, and... No, no, no. Sit tight and wait. That's it. That's all you get. You're not going to say Again. who was coming on or anything? No, I mean, I confirmed him, but if something goes wrong, I don't want to get the people's hopes up. So uh, you're just going to have to wait and see. The people's. The people. All right. Again, thank you so much for listening for the third time now. Happy <laughs> Passover. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. So we'll wish you a happy play, Easter. Play then. your stuff. Happy, happy everything else that you that you guys follow. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Jamin's Hoops. Catch my basketball writing at FanRagSports.com. Joe, tell the people where they could find you. On Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. I do that very sing-songy each time I plug my Twitter. That's and, the best way to do it because you'll forget if you don't. Correct. I, I've misspelled my name on the podcast before. And uh, you can also find me on thefanragsports.com, but don't put the in front of my piece. It's just fanragsports. It's not the fanrag. I mean, it's, it's the fanrag sports network, but if you're typing in the URL, it is just fanragsports.com. I agree with that. Woot, <laughs> woot. Woot, woot. All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hotcakes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pages are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. 
When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world.